0: Well, good morning, King Church. It's so good to be with you today. So excited to be able to worship with you like this. This is our first online-only weekend together where all of us across the entire region are gathered together for this one online service this weekend. For the past few months, we've been able to have some small in-person gatherings at some of our, some of our buildings. We've had people in Halifax and on the west side of St. John and at the Valley in, in Quispamsis that have been able to gather together in small gatherings and now with some of these increased restrictions that are rolled out just in the last couple of days we're back to the orange zone in zone 2 here in St. John so that means that we are all today Gathered together online, and I don't know about you, but I am so thankful for this gift of technology. And uh, you know what? I just want to take a moment as we prepare to dive in here today. I believe that this word that God has for us this weekend is is Rama. And even even in light of these restrictions that have rolled out in the last couple of days, it's so clear to me that God has been lining this up, and that He has been He has been speaking to me this week as I prepared to deliver this to you. And it's exactly what I believe that we need this weekend. And, and God is going to accomplish that in our hearts and lives. If we'll let him, if you'll lean in, you'll give him a chance. But I just want to say, for those of us right now that are feeling discouraged, for those of us that are feeling weary, for those of us that are feeling downtrodden, that it feels like we're taking a couple of steps back and and, I'm, and we're not kind of sure how we're gonna manage these, the second wave of restrictions and the fall wave and all of that. I just wanna speak the hope and the peace of Jesus over you today, church. Listen, we were not given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a sound mind. Like this is, this is who God is. This is who he's called us to be. Like we have nothing to fear. This too is going to pass. Like we're gonna get back to normal someday. We're gonna have lots of people in church again. And for right now, in this moment, this is what we are called to as a church and as a community. And you know what? Even before this was all rolled out this weekend, we really felt like as we prepared to launch into our Heart for the House weekends with Pastor Brent, you just heard about that from Pastor Brent next weekend, it's going to be an incredible, an incredible season in the life of our church. And before we launched into that, we wanted to take a week just to speak on the value the value of the church. And I know that in this pandemic, like if there's, if there's one thing this pandemic has taught us you know, in the very beginning when we were restricted and now as we're going through, you know, uh, not as bad, but a second wave of restrictions in the season that, that, that the church has so much value in our life, doesn't it? And the, the, what the church brings brings to the table for us in our relationships and brings to us in our journey is something that just can't be substituted. And so today, that's what I wanna preach to you about, is the church and the value of the church in our lives. And it's, it's always been interesting for me, this journey of, of being a part of a church, because I, I'm a pastor, okay? So there are some groups, when I'm out and about with someone and they ask me what I do for a living, I always wait for that question to come because I know where it's gonna lead and And in some groups they ask me what I do for a living and I say I'm a pastor I work at a church and for some people they absolutely light up and I can see it and they sort of they lean in and they get excited and they say oh man that's amazing I'm a part of this church or I'm a part of this family and it's been so amazing what God's done in my life and I'm so thankful for my church family and they've been there for me and they tell me these stories of of what the church has meant to them throughout their lives and that's that's always incredible. And there's, there's, there's a lot of other times when I'm with a group of people and they ask me what I do for a living. And I say, I'm a pastor and I work at a church. And immediately they sort of stiffen up and they sit up a little bit straighter. And they look at me like I'm kind of weird. And they're like, is this guy like super religious or what? And, and maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been there at work or maybe you're chatting with one of your neighbors or something. And if you mention church at all and you just sort of throw that word out there into the mix, some people just go running for the hills, don't they? They look at you like you've got three heads heads and they're like, man, is, what, what's this guy going to, is he going to try to convert me into his cult or what is it? Because let's be honest in church today, all right? Sometimes when you say the word church, there are people out there that believe that we're just a bunch of Bible-thumping, Kool-Aid-drinking, simple-minded plebeians who've been brainwashed into some sort of cultic oppression and we don't have the intelligence to get out of it or to see through, see through the lies. Like that's what some people, and I've encountered many of them in my life, like that's what they genuinely believe about the church, that we're just a bunch of misguided People believing in fairy tales and grasping at straws, trying to find some sense of hope or validation in our lives and maybe maybe that 's you maybe you 're watching this weekend in light of everything that 's going on in our world right now, and maybe you just tuned in just out of curiosity and maybe maybe that 's kind of the side of the fence that you fall on maybe you 've seen too many celebrity pastors in your lifetime maybe you 've seen too many televangelists that are selling their prayer hankies to old ladies and taking advantage of them, and you just, you've been turned off and you've been turned away by some of the people in the church. Listen, as much as I love the church, and today I'm gonna make a case for the church and why I give my life to it and why I think you should too, but let me start by saying, is the church perfect? Absolutely not. Are there people within the church who give the church a bad name? Absolutely. And you know what? I never expect the church to be perfect because the church is made up of people and people are not perfect. All right, we say that all the time. The church is not a place. A church is people. People are not perfect. People are messy. I'm not perfect. I'm messy. But God chooses to love me and work through me Anyway, you know, there's an old quote by Brendan Manning from DC Talk. All my DC Talk friends from back in the day. And Brennan Manning said this. He said, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and then go out and deny him by their lifestyle. That's what an unbelieving world simply finds Unbelievable that Christians who don't live up to what they, what they say that they believe, this turns people off. And you know what? Listen, I would be shocked if there's anybody listening today right now and you're tuning in and whoever you're with and with your family, I would be shocked if there wasn't somebody at some point in your life from within the church that hurts you or acted in a hypocritical manner or left a bad taste in your mouth. Listen, there certainly have been for me in my life. But here's what is absolutely beautiful about the church is that God chooses to work through imperfect people. He doesn't need us to be 100% you know, cleaned up and have our act together. God chooses to work through through broken people all the time. He works through people like me and people like you. It's how he chooses to express himself. And so today I wanna challenge some of you to give the church a chance. Like maybe you're watching this today and maybe you are very skeptical. I'm gonna challenge you to give the church a chance. Maybe you're watching this today and you know what? You you pre-pandemic, you came to church once a month and brought your kids just enough to get into a good standing with the big guy upstairs just in case everything went sideways. Like maybe for you, you're, you're open to church, but it's never really been the primary investment of your life. Today, I'm going to challenge you to make it the primary investment of your life. For some of us, you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here today that you're like, I love the church and I'm all in. And today I just want to remind you, maybe you're discouraged, maybe you're worried, maybe you're a little fearful with what's going on in our world right now, and remind you of the hope that we have in Jesus. I believe, I believe that being a part of the church Following Jesus and joining his family, being a child of God, is actually the most intelligent and factually informed decision that we could make. Today, I want to just make a case that the church is not only for simple minded plebeians, all right? Although, They are welcome just like everybody else because that's who the church is. We love people. We accept people for for who they are. And I want to just challenge us today to make the church the primary investment of our lives. The church is the most powerful, eternal institution that we will ever have this side of heaven. And you know why? I believe it's because the church is a conduit between heaven and heaven and earth. Our mission statement here at King's Church and our vision is that on earth as in heaven. We want to see the kingdom of heaven lived out here on earth in the here and the now in our day. And what's beautiful about being a part of the church is that we actually we actually sort of are almost like a lightning rod that brings heaven down to earth the same way that a lightning rod sort of charges the environment around it and allows for this amazing display of power to fall in a bolt of lightning. I see the church in that way, that we're like a lightning rod for the kingdom of heaven to come down and to invade. And you know what? As, as, as freaky and as uncertain and as unstable as our lives here on this side of heaven on earth can get from time to time, the church and being a part of a church and following Jesus lines us up with a much more realistic and hope-filled outlook on life. So it doesn't matter how many restrictions are put in place. It doesn't matter if I can go to a physical building or not. What matters is that God has called me to something incredible and has spoken hope and purpose over my life. So we've been in this Revelation series for just the last couple of weeks here. And I want to highlight from Revelation chapter 7, Pastor Brent two weeks ago and Pastor Seth just last week were in Revelation chapter 7. And I want to take us back there, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, just to get a quick picture of what I believe the church looks like this. is from the Apostle John, so check this out, Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10 say this, after I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne, and before the Lamb, and they were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, And to the Lamb. This is a vision of what the church is. Every tribe, every people, every language, a multitude of people standing before the throne of God, saying, Salvation belongs to him who sits on the throne. To the Lamb. Listen, there are so many reasons why I choose to be a part of the church, or so many reasons why I choose to follow Jesus, and so many reasons why I believe that you should as well today. Now, I don't have time to go through an exhaustive list of the reasons why I love the church, but I'm going to give you four here today, all right? And the first one I see right here in this verse, and it's something that means so much to me about the church, and that's this, all right? So, four reasons to love the church. The first one is this real community real community. We saw that right there in those verses. There was a great multitude of people from every tribe, every people, and every language. And you know what this tells me is that we need each other. If there's anything that this pandemic, if there's any gift that COVID-19 has given us, all right, it's it's the realization that we need each other, that our relationships are so important that we need that connection and that community. And the real community that the church offers is absolutely second to none, all right? Second to none. And I think the reason why we panic a little bit when we hear that, you know what, we might not be able to, we have single household bubbles now in zone two for a little bit and that makes us a little bit panicky is because this community is a real value to us. We need those relationships and those people in our lives, don't we? You know, just last just last week, I was recording a podcast with Pastor Brent and Pastor Seth. Now, listen, shameless plug for the Speaking of podcast with Pastor Brent Ingersoll. If you don't subscribe, you should go to it right now and wherever you subscribe to podcasts and do that. But we were recording one, and uh, we were talking about the Lord's Prayer, and we were talking specifically about the communal nature of the Lord's Prayer, that as as it starts, it says, "Our Father." Who's in heaven, like holy be your name, like your kingdom come, your will be done on earth and on earth as it is in heaven. And then it says, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. It's a very corporate prayer. When Jesus taught us to pray, he taught us to pray together. He taught us to pray in community. And it's like this: there's a there's a unique image of God that we can only capture and that we can only quantify when we're in community. God created us in his image and he stamped his image on each of us. So it's, it's almost to me like every person that I meet and every person that I encounter is a piece of this jigsaw puzzle that fills in the blanks for me on the nature of God and who God is. Every relationship I have is an opportunity to understand and know God more. Isn't that, isn't that wild? Isn't that beautiful when we really stop and think about it. This real community thing matters, guys. And listen, can you, can you find community outside of a church? I know that's what some of you are thinking right now. And yes, you absolutely can. Some people find it in a golf course. Some people find it at a, at a, at a book club. Like there's all kinds of different places that you can find community. But there is something that is incredibly special about the church and there's something incredibly special that goes beyond the ability of this world, anything we have in this world to, that can replicate or quantify what the church has to offer. Like there's, so when we're, when we're a part of the church, we're actually living the way that God designed us and created us to live And from the very beginning in creation. And we talked about this on the podcast too, Like that, that age-old question of why did God create us in the first place. But when he did, you know, he created this beautiful thing and created human beings and he said, it's not good for man to be alone so he created woman to be with him and like I believe that God created us so that we may know him, so that he may know us and that we may know each other. He created us, he hardwired us for community and for relationships. He made us to know him and you know what? Another gift that this pandemic has given us, like we said just a few months ago, we sort of rolled out the 246 Reformation and the life of King's Church. And we said, hey, you know what? We've been very, very good over the last few years about creating large, you know, Sunday morning, weekend experiences with hundreds of people in the room. But what we weren't doing so great at and what we really were convicted of and that we were missing the mark on was a real, authentic community. So what we formed were home churches. We have now over 1,500 people across the region in home churches in Halifax and Charlottetown and St. John. And even further, and these people are gathering together and have been gathering together in their homes and forming that genuine and authentic community. And now I know even in these restrictions, in zone two right now, we're we're, we're in orange here in St. John. So that means that even our home churches aren't able to meet together as they have been. But listen, this is only for a couple of weeks, church. This is temporary, and this is not the time to lean away in fear. This is not the time to panic. We have got to work together to stay connected. Now, my home church is 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 absolutely beautiful and I've cherished the relationships that we've been able to form. Listen, even pre-pandemic just, just last week, and I want to show you this just last week, my home church, we went out to a restaurant here in St. John and we got together. This is this is my, my amazing home church family. You know what? I'm bummed that we're not going to be able to get together. We get together every single week and all throughout COVID we've been doing this and for the next couple of weeks, we aren't going to be able to get together in person, but you know what? We're going to find a way to stay connected digitally and I love my home church so much and it's all taught me so much about the nature of the church and even that passage from Revelation that says every tribe, every nation, and every language, every people. Like my home church, I really feel like I'm so proud of it, is a, is a, reflection, is a reflection of that. Like down here on the end, we have Brandon and Sarah and, and Adam and Michelle and, and Carrie and I are right there. Like we're all, we're all from, from New Brunswick here. We're local folks and, and, and great friends. But then we've got, we've got a, a Martinet Martinet and Hannes right here, they're from South Africa. We've got uh, Shubes and, and Anna, who are from Nigeria originally. We've got uh, Matt and Becca over here, and Matt is from Australia, and Becca is from Arkansas. So listen, we have the coolest accents ever in our home church, all right? Andy and Heather Chandler right down here in the end, they have a daughter who's deaf, Allison, and she's amazing, and so their whole family speaks ASL. So we've got, we've got over five, I think it's five languages we figured out that are represented just within our home church, and some of the coolest accents ever. And so you know, when we get together, like I'm reminded every single week, every tribe, every people and every language like it's just a, a small glimpse this side of heaven of what of what the church is and what it was designed to be and listen in our home church and I know that so many of you in this season have been blessed like our home church we've already walked through tragedy together and we've already we've already prayed together and we've already celebrated those those prayers being answered we've seen God move in power you know we've we've certainly laughed together a whole lot we've eaten more than our share of, of great food over the last over the last few months together and you know we're just just beginning now to start to gel together as a family and you know what it's been an incredible incredible gift i even asked i even asked my boys this week like hey what, what are, what's your favorite part about being, being in a church family? Like, what are some of the things that you value the most about being church? And my sons are, my sons are nine and, and six, so they're pretty, they're pretty young. And uh, the first two things they said were learning about God and seeing all the people. Learning about God and seeing all the people. So even at, at a young age, they understand this value of community. And here's the thing, you can't, like, sometimes I hear people say, like, well, you know what, I love Jesus, but I don't really love the church. I don't love the people. The people are too messy. They're too broken. They're hypocritical. Uh, they, hurt, they hurt my feelings. And so like, I love Jesus, but I don't love his church. And I want to say today that, listen, yes, Jesus loved you. He created you uniquely and on purpose, and you are the only you, and you were created in his image, but he created you and designed you and wired you for community. You need community. You need authentic and real community. You can't serve God and not serve his church. Just let that, let that sit there with you for a second, because I know some of us wrestle with this, and we wrestle with the imperfections of the church, and just because it's messy, just because people are messy, doesn't mean that we can walk away. If we want to serve God and experience all the fullness of life that he has for us, we have to embrace this real community. You were created for real community, and the church is the truest purest form of that expression that we can find in our entire lives. So listen, if, you, if you're on the fence about the church today, I want to challenge you. Find, find someone in your life and say, why do you follow Jesus? Why are you a part of a church? Someone that already values that. And I bet, I'm sure that real, authentic community is going to be very close to the top of that list. So Real community, reason number one. Now, the second thing I want to highlight for you is one that's maybe going to be a little bit more surprising for some of you is reason to love the church. Number two is real innovation. Now, I know this one's slightly more obscure, and I'll be honest with you, I debated whether or not to even include this because it's just, you know, a little more unique, but this is something that I think really matters, and it certainly matters a lot to me, and it's a real reason for why I choose to be a part of the church, and so I wanted to highlight it for you today. Listen. Listen. Innovation is huge. Real innovation is huge. God is the ultimate creator. God set everything into motion. He created the cosmos. He designed our bodies and our cellular structures and all the beauty of everything that we learn in physics and chemistry and in biology and all of that. God created all of that and set it all into motion. He is the original creator. And so it makes perfect sense. That those of us who were created in his image, those of us that are part of his church family and a part of that genuine community, I believe that we should be incredible innovators just like he is. Like his reflection in us, his image in us should come out and express itself in creativity, in an art, and in beauty. Like God is the creative standard by which all other creators and innovators are measured, all right. And I just wanted to highlight it. Just just a, a short list of a few names of some real innovators in our world that were that were members of the church and followers of Jesus. All of these names are names that many of us would remember from middle school and high school. Maybe you're in middle school and high school right now, and you're learning about some of these people. But you have Copernicus here, all right. These these are these are scientific minds of the age. Copernicus was the guy who they called him. They called him the father of modern astronomy. He formulated the heliocentric theory that the world. The, the universe didn't revolve around the earth, but it actually revolved around the sun. And at the time, that was a very unpopular theory. But since then, we've discovered that to be true. And now we accept that as absolute 100% fact, the father of modern astronomy. Now we have Galileo, who sort of like came along a few years later, and he, he, he proved that theory. He's the father of modern science, we call him. He uses telescope to discover all sorts of amazing things about the universe. He further proved Copernicus' theory about the heliocentric uh, heliocentric nature of the universe. Uh, we have our friend Isaac Newton, who everybody would knows and loves, like he's the guy who came up with the theory of gravity. He came up with the laws of motion. He they call him the father of modern physics. And uh, maybe something you didn't realize about Isaac Newton is that he actually invented calculus, and some of us still resent him for that. Maybe our calculus nerds, any of our huge calculus fans, want to put an amen in the chat for Isaac Newton, but that's who he was. And then all these other names, I don't have time to highlight for you today because we're going to run out of time, but people like George Washington Carver and Blaise Pascal, Florence Nightingale, Johannes Kepler, Sir Francis Bacon, all huge names, leading minds in the scientific fields that we still study and learn from today that we're all members of the church, that we're all followers of Jesus. Oftentimes, we think in our world that science is opposed to faith and those, those two things are enemies and they can't coexist, but actually science complements our faith. The more I learn about the world, the more I learn from people like this, the more I'm convinced that there is an intelligent design, there is a creator out there that made this world for me to enjoy, that created me on purpose for a purpose. And so listen, just because you believe in science does not mean that you can't believe in faith. In fact, the opposite is true. Every Everything science tells me points to intelligent design. It points to a God who loves us and wants the best for us. God blesses his people with wisdom and understanding and creativity so that we can express that in our world, so that we can use that to bless our world and bless the people around us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the church being a body of different parts that has different skills and different gifts. Listen to what the apostle Paul says, just as a body Though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So this is, this is a, a picture of what the church is. This is a different people with different skills, with different gifts, with different abilities. And when we're functioning the way that we were designed to, when we're functioning in real community, we're naturally going to begin to innovate and create and make things and speak things into the world and help people to understand and to see things and frame things differently. When we are in sync when we're in the pocket of the Holy Spirit and his leading and his guidance, like I believe that God created us to be, then listen, the church is going to continue to be, I believe we must be a leading voice in the artistic, beautiful, excellent, and the hub of innovation that God really created us and called us to be. So for me, real innovation is a huge selling point for being a part of the church. Real community is a huge selling point for being a part of the church. And now this one is gonna get much more, many more of us very excited Is that, that, uh, oh, I might have missed that next point there. There it is. The reason to love, oh, I I missed, there's, there's one slide missing here maybe. There we go. Sorry about that, guys. Technical difficulties. Reason number three to love the church is this, real power. Reason number three to love the church is real power. Now, this one, like I said, is exciting for many of us. Look at, look at Revelation chapter 7 again right here. In verse 11, it says, All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell down. Like, picture these, these heavenly creatures just falling down on their faces before their throne. And they worship God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom, and thanks, and honor, and power, and strength, be to our God forever, and ever, and ever, amen, like just, just picture that in your mind's eye for a second, these amazing heavenly creatures, like powerful creatures in their own right, just falling on their faces before the throne, saying praise, and glory, wisdom, and thanks, and honor, power, and strength to God forever, listen, I love the church, And I choose the church because it is the only true expression of power in our world. We love power as human beings. We crave it. We desire it. We try to manufacture it wherever we can. And actually being a part of the church, being connected with Jesus, bringing that heavenly power and that heavenly reality down to earth, like that that lightning rod that we talked about. This is the only source of true power in our world today. You know what? There is so much more at stake than what we read in the news. There is so much more at stake than what we see on TV. There is so much more at stake than what we observe in our culture, guys. There's so much more going on. Those things are earthly realities, but as a church, we operate from that heavenly reality. We bring the power of heaven down to earth, the power of Jesus. Listen, all the constructs that we set up for ourselves and our world today, all of our political systems and and what have you, these are just shell games. They're distractions and cheap imitations of the genuine article. And from the beginning of, of, of time, really, since we've been created, like mankind has, has, because we're designed to be in relationship with that, that intensely powerful relationship with an intensely powerful God. And when we get it twisted and when we get it messed up and when we, when we veer away, you know, we start to, to construct these, this, this, these flimsy little frameworks in our world. Listen, I was, I was reminded of this more than ever over the last several months. as We watched the, the election unfold in, in the United States, listen. I love the United States. I really do. My wife is American. My children are American. God bless the USA. He is and he has been. But here's the thing. All right. As I watched this election unfold, it's still unfolding right now. I was just reminded as I watched all the all the posturing and all the all the angling and all the gesticulating and everything that was that was happening during this election season and all the vitriol that was being cast back and forth from side to side, I was just reminded, listen, this is just a shell game. This is man trying to cling to power where he has no business clinging to power. Even as far back as in the Old Testament as First Samuel, when God had walked with the nation of Israel. He had walked with his people and they'd been in relationship together and they'd seen his power fall and they followed, they followed a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. They had no need. God met every single need that they had. But at one point in history, they began to look around at the nations around them and they, they saw, well, they have a king. They have political systems. They have governments. We, we need that too. And they told the prophet Samuel, like, tell God that we need a king. And God told Samuel, listen, if this is what the people want, I will give them what they ask, but I never created you to need a king. I, you're created to need a king, but the king is me. Like the king on the throne, King Jesus is who we live our lives for. He's the only source of true power. Israel got it twisted and they, they brought in a king. And ever since human being, all, human beings, all throughout history, we've been trying to create power and to give power to some sort of earthly construct or some earthly person, and it just falls short every single time. Like no one, no one can fill us with the hope of Jesus. No one can come alongside us and provide for us and lead us like Jesus can. He loves you, church. Like he created you. He created you the way you are for a reason, and he he has such a purpose and a plan for your life. And I want, to just, I want to just ask you that question today. Like, what do you, what do you think happens when this life is over? Like, if, if the power that you're clinging to and you're searching for is available to you here on the earth right now and you think you can find that sort of outlet somewhere in your life and you can create a, a path for yourself, like, what do, you, what do you think happens when this life is over? Like, is, is this it? Do you live this life to the best of your ability and then you're done? and you just disappear forever, or or is there more? Because I can't accept that this is it. I can't accept that, that, that we're just sort of a flash in the pan and a one-and-done kind of life. Like the entire book of Revelation is pointing to a time when we're going to cease having to try to cling to false powers and the power of God is gonna be made known and every knee is gonna bow and every tongue is gonna to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is everything that Revelation has been pointing to for the past several weeks where we've been together, which, which leads me to my fourth and final reason for today, not an exhaustive list. Remember my final reason for today to believe in the church, and reasons to love the church. We have real community, real innovation, real power, and the final one I want to leave us with this today and I think is just so appropriate is, is real hope. Real hope. This is, this is my personal favorite. This is my single greatest reason for being a part of the church. It's a hope and a purpose that comes from understanding the God that created us and he loves us and gave his life for us and and has all the power that we could ever desire in a life, but he uses that power to move on our behalf. He has been and always will be using that power to move on your behalf. That's amazing, church. That's real hope. That's the ultimate reassurance. Like when life around us isn't shaping up the way that we wanted to, when things aren't happening the way that we expected, like if we thought that we were gonna keep progressing in this pandemic and we weren't gonna take any steps back and we were gonna to move to green before we move back to orange again. Listen, this is the ultimate reassurance that God goes before us. He comes behind us. He has our backs. He will not fail us. He will not desert us in our moment of need. I was, I was chatting with a friend of mine the other day and he just said, you know, as we just kind of ran into each other. He said, hey, how you doing, man? and uh i answered in my typical my typical fashion i said hey man i'm i'm living the dream i'm blessed and highly favored i can't go wrong i can't lose and he sort of laughed and smiled and he said that's that's good to hear he said i've got another another pastor friend who works at a church and he's just he's going through it right now like his life is not easy things are not going well and he's just struggling to keep his head above water right now and i thought for a second i said hey man you know what being blessed and highly favored like that's not that's not a circumstance it's a it's a perspective being blessed and highly favored doesn't mean my life is easy doesn't mean my life isn't difficult doesn't mean I'm not going through some stuff and doesn't mean I'm not carrying some weights and some burdens but it's perspective that I have a heavenly hope that I have the only source of real and genuine hope in this world that's the hope that's the hope that you have church you are blessed and highly favored. No one can take that from you. God has spoken that over your life. This pandemic can't take that from you. This orange zone restrictions can't take that from you. It's a perspective. It's a mindset for us. It's an understanding of who God is and how he's created us to be. Like I don't have to spend my days wondering if I matter. I don't have to spend my days wondering if I'm going to be okay. I don't have to spend my days wondering if I'm going to make it and how God is going to show up and how he's going to move. And I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care how skeptical or critical you've been of the church throughout your life. Like that kind of peace of mind has to sound good to you. That has to sound appealing to you. Like that's, this is the place that we're all trying to get as humans. And I believe that it's only truly found in Jesus. Look at these words from Revelation chapter 7 here again. It says, Therefore they're before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne, just receive these words today, church. This is so incredibly timely for us right now. He who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. So much beauty here. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The sun will no longer beat down on them. A pandemic will no longer afflict them. No tear falls from your eyes, church, that goes unnoticed, that God does not see, that does not matter to him. I don't care where you stand with the church right now. I don't care where you stand with God right now. Like this is his invitation to you to allow him to shelter you in his presence, to cover you with his power, to fight on your behalf. You need only ask for it. You need only accept it. You need only to reach out and to believe in what God has already done for you. Listen, this kind of real hope I don't, know how people, I don't know how people make it without it. Like even I walked through my family this week. My uncle had a heart attack and just had open heart surgery a couple of days ago. And like watching my family walk through that, but always having this perspective that God is good and that he loves them. I don't know how they'd make it through without it. Like even, even right now at this moment, one of our pastors here, Pastor Don Ingersoll, And his wife, he's been in the hospital with his wife, Janet. She's still there right now and she's just having a battle and the doctors aren't quite sure what's going on and it's so discouraging. This family has been through the ringer. Just a couple of years ago, Don and Janet lost their daughter, lost their daughter, Lindsay. Like something, a journey parents should never have to take and enduring that kind of heartbreak. And now they've got these questions about Janet's health in the middle of a pandemic, but yet like I, I speak to them and I speak to Don and he comes in and he leads his ministries and he still encourages people. And is it hard? Yeah, absolutely. Is it gut-wrenching? Disappointing and frustrating? Absolutely. But I see the hope that he has in Jesus. I see the hope that he has in Jesus and it changes, it changes everything. I've walked through unspeakable tragedy with families who didn't have that hope and it's just, it's a game changer. You need The real authentic hope that comes from being a part of the church that comes from walking closely with Jesus. So just as we wrap up today, I want to just leave you with that question. Where is your hope? Where is your hope today? Is it in a political system? Is it in a person? Is it in you? Is it in yourself? Is it the name that you can build for yourself? And I want to just challenge you and invite you today. Why not place your hope in Jesus? What's, what's stopping you right now? What do you have to lose? Is it because somebody somebody hurt your feelings? Is somebody left a bad taste in your mouth about the church? Listen, people are messy. People are broken. God is not. God loves you. He is for you. He invites you to come into his family. Just look at this today. I want to just leave you with this. Hebrews chapter 4. I love this passage, and I think this is is what we need to carry with us over the next couple of weeks. Hebrews chapter 4 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet he did not sin so let us then approach god's throne of grace with confidence we have a sympathetic great high priest church we can approach god's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need if you're in need today you have a sympathetic great high priest who has walked in your shoes who knows exactly what you're going through he knows the fears and the trembling of your heart. And he looks at you and he says, bring it to me. Allow me to shelter you in my presence. Let me to wipe every tear from your eyes. I want to lead you to springs of living water. This is what he has spoken over you, church. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. Never again will they endure a pandemic. Never again will they endure a virus. Never again will they lose someone. Never again will they have that horrible diagnosis. Never again will they spend time in a hospital. Every tear that falls from your eyes does not go unnoticed by the king and maybe today i want to just pray for us together here today and pray encouragement and uplifting of us as a church family today and maybe some of you today want to pray for the very first time and say jesus i want to, i want to be a part of your church I want to follow you. I want to experience the salvation and the power that is available to me only through you. Like I believe that. Maybe I've been on the fence for a while and today I'm taking that step and I'll invite you to pray this prayer with us. And we'll be praying right along with you all over the region right now. If you're already a member of the church, then you pray along for the people that need to make this decision today. Father, we love you. And God, today we recognize that we are far from perfect. God, we recognize that we do not have the ability to to fix our lives on our own God we recognize that you are the only source of true real power and hope in our lives God that your church is the only source of real community and innovation and some of us today for the first time are saying Jesus I want in Jesus I want to be a part of your church I want to know you I want to follow you I want to be adopted into your family a son and a daughter of the most high king then God Holy Spirit would you fall in homes right now would you fall in living rooms and on couches and on lazy boys and in bedrooms right now and wherever Wherever they're watching this, wherever they're watching this, right at this moment, Father, would you fall in power and presence in their lives? God, would you uplift them? Would you encourage them? Like in a moment, God, all we need to do is ask and you come and you move in, Father. You adopt us into your family. So God, I thank you for those who are moving from death to life right now that are saying, Jesus, I'm in. If that's you, just, just let us know. Type it in the chats right now, God. For our church family that are that are discouraged today, Father, would you just begin to speak hope and life over them, God? Would you begin to, to draw them to yourself? Would you begin to remind remind them of whose they are. God, would you get to remind them of your sovereignty, your majesty, God, your 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 reign over this pandemic. Father, there are no restrictions that are going to stop you from moving. There are no restrictions that are going to, to best us or, or, or take us out. Like, Father, there's, there's nothing that we cannot endure with you by our side. So today, God, would you just uplift and encourage some people today who need it? Father, would you remind us whose we are? Would you remind us who you have called us to be? Would you remind us as a church that we are called to take hope into the darkest of places is that when things are discouraging when we're beaten down father it's an opportunity for you to shine all the brighter so today Jesus we say come and move in power come and move in power through us father show us the places today where we can minister to people in our communities where we can minister to people father even if it's digitally through a phone call put some people in our hearts right now that we can text that we can reach out to that we can call that we can begin to, to to lift up Father, and to speak life into you. Father, and I thank you that you're going to be faithful. The work that you have begun, you will be faithful to bring it through to completion. And In the name of Jesus, we pray that and we receive that right now. We thank you, Father. And in your name we pray all these things. Amen, amen. And thank you so much, church, for tuning in today. And if, if, if you prayed that prayer today and you invited Jesus to be a part of your life and you said, I'm done being on the fence and I'm in, want to be a part of this church, And listen, let us know, all right? Let us know in the chat. You got to celebrate that with someone. If there's someone that you know that's a part of the church, text them right now and say, hey, what's this stuff all about? How do I join your church? Like, tell me more. Tell me what I need to know. We want to walk with you in this journey. God loves you. He created you for this. It's the best decision that you could ever make with your life. So be encouraged today. Be encouraged that God fights for you. He loves you. He hasn't forgotten about us. This pandemic isn't going to get the best of us. At the end of the day, we're going to come out of this the other side stronger than we ever were before. So we love you, church. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you soon.